Vaughn Dalzell joins us, sports betting analyst for NBC Sports. And yeah, you know, we, we look at the Nets right now, man. It, it really is. It's a different team without Kevin Durant. You know, we had the conversations earlier this year, even though we knew it probably wasn't going to happen. You know, Durant is an MVP, was certainly playing like an MVP. I mean, LeBron James is putting up MVP numbers too this year, but we understand where that market is. When you look at the Nets right now, I mean, is this pretty much a situation where if they've got Kevin Durant, how far do you think they go? Like, what's their ceiling? And then without Kevin Durant, I mean, I, I would assume you just say, uh, uh-uh, they're they're barely even a playoff team anymore, right? But like again, when Kevin Durant comes back, do you feel comfortable that they're kind of back more in the realm of where they were, kind of with the way the Sixers are playing right now? Yeah, well, definitely appreciate you guys having me on, and yeah, this is a ugly, ugly Nets Celtics game. Glad you guys are on the right side of this one. Yeah, because uh, if you're on the Nets, this is a hard watch right now. But I think to your point. The Nets, of course, they would look like this more often than not going against top four teams in the East or West without Kevin Durant. So it's really no surprise what happened tonight. Um, I like the Celtics team total over 59 and a half in the first half. They obviously blew by that one. Uh, but that's just really what the Celtics do. With the Nets, we'll be talking about them tomorrow morning on our Bet the Edge podcast. But I'm going to probably like this team a lot in the futures market. When Durant's back, they have more chemistry. Because when they got on a hot streak a couple weeks ago, Uh, We were all talking about what this team could be, and uh, they're getting back to form and finally meshing, and then the injury to Durant happened, and you kind of see what happens when the the wheels fall off. So, uh, yeah, I'm not in a rush to bet the Nets um, short-term, but long-term, I'm definitely more interested in that team because I think the ceiling is certainly Eastern Conference Finals or a Finals appearance. Let's talk about the the Sixers because all of a sudden they've just been one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in basketball. Defensively, they've been a monster. I think they're top three uh, in the league in defensive rating. The the meshing between Joel Embiid and James Harden I think is better than probably even Daryl Morey expected. Tyrese Maxey has made a jump. Like, I, I guess what is in your opinion the 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 reason for this clicking at this point, and do you think this continues? I mean, I think it's just so hard to guard Maxie and Harden at the same time with those guys having the ability to create their own shot, uh, shots off the dribble. I mean, it's just coming off the ball. They, they both can play with and without the ball now. And you have Joel Embiid having an MVP campaign when he does play. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not surprised because it's looked this good in general. Um, <clears throat> they're a team that I was thinking of backing during the preseason, but honestly I thought it was could be more wide open than it is right now. But we were going to talk about this team a lot tomorrow because a couple weeks ago, you know, I was thinking now might be the time to hop on the Sixers. Atlantic Division title conference odds, Eastern Conference odds. Uh, But when you look at the final stretch they had, I don't know what the NBA has against the Sixers, but their last 11 games is insane. Uh, So I think we'll really find out who the Sixers are because they play a stretch of the Bulls twice. Yeah. Suns, Nuggets, Mavericks, Raptors, Bucks, Celtics, Heat, Nets, and Hawks to end the season. Um, I want no parts of that pretty much. So, uh, you know, I like the Sixers now, but long term, I'm probably going to be off this team. You would stay away uh, for them to win the Atlantic plus 500. You don't think that's worth even a sprinkle? At this point, I mean, I liked it a couple weeks ago, but as I look into this more and more, I look at their schedule down the down the road, and I just don't see it really being that much of a, a positive for them. Uh, yeah. With Maxi, I mean, they have this, they have the second easiest remaining schedule because of those next twenty games. They should cruise, and I think that's where they make up all this ground. But you see a lot during the last two weeks of the season; these these teams start to jockey for: do we want the three seed, the four seed, the two seed? What's our best 
way of getting to the NBA Finals. And I think that could be a case here for the Sixers. I don't know what teams would really have that much pride getting a one seed outside of the Celtics or the Sixers, to be honest. The Nets, I think, could care less. Uh, so I wouldn't talk you off the Sixers division or the one seed, but I don't think it's the greatest bet. Yeah, you know, it's 5-1. to one. And you look at a lot of these markets, like the division winners and everything, I don't really see a whole lot of value. You know, maybe like if you like Cleveland, plus 275 in the Central. But then you go to the Western Conference and you go to the Pacific mm -hmm. and everybody's at least plus 200 or 2-1 two to one odds. You have the Kings, who we love here, plus 210. Warriors, plus 225. And then you look at like the Suns and the Clippers, and I know the Clippers' schedule is really tough, and I don't really think they care about the regular season. But what are your thoughts on the Warriors and the Suns? Warriors plus 225, Suns plus 325 to come out of the Pacific. I just I like the Kings, but they're young. They don't play a whole lot of defense. I don't know if I trust them all 82 games. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. I know a lot of people that have higher stakes on the Kings. Uh, Preseason 18 to 1, 20 to 1, 25 to 1 yeah. to win that division, and now they're all hedging out. Uh, they're either placing their bets or they're cashing out right now uh, because I think that's the smartest way, way you could have approached the division. But now I agree with you. It's a two-team race, Warriors and the Suns. The Clippers don't care about any regular season accolades whatsoever, uh, but they do have the easiest remaining schedule in terms of win-loss record uh, remaining in the NBA. So that's a positive for them to find their groove. They're a team I would back, Western Conference Finals futures. But as far as division in the regular season, I think it's the Warriors. I think 2023, they're going to start turning the corner again, get back to what they're doing, winning more road games. You know, they went on that, what, 2-11 and 11 stretch to start the season on the road, yeah. and now they've really turned around. So they'd be where I put my money. But I am a little hateful of the Suns losing that series against the Mavericks. <laughs> I did lose a lot, of, a lot of money those last two games. So I still kind of hate the Suns. Yeah, it definitely snuck up on us. That game seven was just kind of like, did they forget that they had a game COVID. today? I mean, find out later. COVID's involved with it, but it's, you know, it's a whole other thing. <laughs> no excuses. Von Dalzell joining no us on the GetMyPhoenix.com okay. guest line. The Phoenix of revolutionary technology helping men all across America. Get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit BuyThePhoenix.com. All right, we're, we're talking a lot about the Western Conference, and it's weird because we're used to the West being, right, the dominant conference but now you got teams like Denver and Memphis or like Memphis won 56 games last year but the top of the standings just look different than what we're used to with the traditional powers out west while the east has you feel like there's teams that are a little more stable for the most part Boston I'm a little worried about some things with Milwaukee but like the west just feels really wide open to me when I look right now I actually came in today and we've been talking about this back and forth and I looked over at Ryan I said you know what I think I'm ready to say that the Grizzlies are the team that I like coming out of the West. And I've been just wait, wait, wait for the Warriors, wait for the Warriors. They've just dug themselves such a hole, Vaughn. There's no plus 375 to win the West. The Grizzlies are right behind them at 4-1. I like Memphis. I mean, they were a team that kind of took that next step last year but then lose a little earlier than you'd, they'd want to in the playoffs. you got to kind of go through some of that learning experience, the bumps and bruises mm -hmm. in the postseason. This just feels like to me with the depth they have, Obviously, with John Morant, uh, they're they're strong defensively. They they just feel like a team that's poised to make that next leap into the finals. Where are you on them? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I, I want to say you guys probably have a, such a sweet gig here where you get to watch sports live while you do this <laughs> because I keep getting these score updates. And college basketball is the most volatile sport ever. It is. Oh, it's the uh, worst. It is. I'm like, I don't even want to bet on it because it's just so frustrating. It, it drives me insane. <sighs> You know, I had Iowa State the other night, so I feel you. And uh, I just had Murray State up by 12. They're now down by three. I live bet Seton Hall at plus 390. They're now down by three. They were down by 13. So this sport's all about live betting. With NBA, though, I, I agree. The futures market's where I've been looking more often because betting the NBA day-to-day 
can be difficult. This time of year, it's a little better because now you kind of see what teams care more. They have to gear up for the postseason, gear up for the playoff standings. And the Grizzlies are a team that don't take anything lightly. And, you know, I love the the revenge – or not the revenge, but the um, – you know, the not the hatefulness, but respectfulness between the Grizzlies and the Warriors this year saying you can't be a dynasty without winning anything. And I think the Grizzlies, like, that really upset them, and they took that to heart. And with Desmond Bain, clearly a much, much better team. Jaron Jackson, Defensive Player of the Year candidate two years in a row now. I agree. You need to get over those humps in order to be a championship team. They're my favorite bet in the Western Conference right now. Uh, you know, at 4-1, to one, I think that's definitely value uh, to win the West. I think them being a one seed is definitely still a value play out there. Uh, you know, you can't really convince me otherwise. This team wants to win every single night, and a lot of NBA teams, they don't want to do that. I'm really curious your thoughts on the trade deadline because, I mean, there's there's going to be some player movement that happens, and then that's going to change the futures market as well, right? We've heard OG and Anobi potentially going maybe to the Suns or maybe to the Grizzlies, which I think would change the complexion of the West. We've heard of Fred Van Fleet maybe going to, to the Clippers. Mike Conley, it looks like it's dead because – you know, Danny Ainge wants too many picks. Maybe Boyan Bogdanovich to the Lakers. Like, how are you breaking that down? Oh, who do you think actually gets the biggest, you know, target at the deadline and how much that moves uh, of the futures price for them? Who will we jump on early? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not totally shocked that the Raptors are trying to sell, but at the same time, I mean, it's kind of surprising that they're going to give up on some of the talent that they have around. But if they can get pieces back, I would – I'm sure they'd be all about that. And OG is just – an interesting talent, uh, a guy that's come up the past two years and really, I think, taken the league by storm as one of the mo better, most improved players in the NBA over the last few years. I think he's the biggest key. If he went to a team like the Grizzlies or Suns, I'd probably like the Suns a little more. Uh, but still, you know, they're in the doghouse. But the Grizzlies, I would love that one, uh, in my opinion. He fits a lot of how they like to play with the grittiness on defense, stretching the floor, hitting threes would definitely be a beneficiary thing for him uh, with the Grizzlies. So I think they would be the biggest the biggest winner of the team. I'm a, I'm a Bulls fan, so that's pretty much been where my attentions at the trade deadlines have been. Uh, you know, they say they're not going to sell Alex Caruso. They're going to try and keep Levine and DeRozan intact. Uh, this team's done. This yeah. team needs to sell. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I want Levine and DeRozan to stay together. I think that's it's very beneficial for those two. But at the same time, I don't think Levine wants it. Uh, I've seen a couple times where DeRozan's got his shine on and Levine doesn't congratulate him right away. And I love both of them, but I think you got to sell one. It's going to be in Levine. Yeah, I completely agree, man. Also a Bose fan, it's uh, it's painful. Hey, I wanted to ask you really quickly about the six-man-of-the-year market because I don't think Russell Westbrook's winning this award. I bet Malcolm Brogdon, but he's down to Brogdon. plus 175. What do you think about Maxi? You you like Brogdon, too? Because I was going to ask you about Maxi, 6-1 to one right now. Yeah. You like Brogdon, though? Yeah, yeah, I got Brogdon uh, early. Yeah. I mean, I think it was 7 or 8-1, to one, so I'm yeah. definitely happy. I keep seeing the value. That's my favorite pick I've had in the futures market, definitely the best, best closing line value right now. So I would definitely say it's that one. But I also, yeah, I did think about Stash and Maxi. That's my alternative play right now. Um, in this market particularly, I don't trust Westbrook, a.k.a. Westbrook. Um, and then you got, you know, you look down Norman Powell, Matherin, Jordan Poole. I mean, I just, I can't get into it with these guys. And a lot of these guys are going to play significant starter minutes too, which will take them off this ballot. So if Maxi gets back to playing a starter role, uh, you know, maybe this might not be a good bet. But I think Brogdon has the best value. And if you're looking for bigger value, my best bet in the market right now would be to get Bam Adebayo, Defensive Player of the Year. I think the Heat's starting to turn a corner here in 2023, too.
That's what I was just about to ask in about 30 seconds. Do you think there's any value? <laughs> the, the, the line has moved a lot on Nick Claxton, but I think, you know, leading the league in blocks just been kind of a monster. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a huge difference. You know, I took a stab on Ben Simmons, defensive uh, player of the year, and didn't tweet it out this year because I, I felt the hate from Twitter before I even tweeted it. Um, but Nick Claxton, yeah, he's been outstanding in a lot of ways. I think he's a, definitely a guy that's worth some value uh, looking down the line. But Bam Adebayo at four four fifty now. I mean, you know, I had him at twelve to one. He was out there at sixteen to one two weeks ago. Uh, so you're starting to really not get as much of a value play here. Never understood the Brook Lopez being a top three guy. <laughs> yeah. I still don't think that's that. I still don't think that's anything anyone should put their money on. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd, I'd be with you there. And you know, going down this list, no to Draymond, OG might get traded, so that shakes it up. And absolutely no to Joel Embiid and Jared Allen. You know, he shares too much court time with other guys that are great defensively. So yeah, it's probably a two-man race here between Jaron Jackson and Bam Adebayo. All right, in about like 45 seconds or so, MVP race. Is it Jokic three times? Is it Embiid? Is this finally his chance? Somebody sneak up? Is it Tatum? If this this is one, this is a tight race, even though we can justify quite a few. I uh, I feel like it can still. I feel like this can still move over the next few, like next couple of months, even. Yeah, all, all I could say to this is this is my most hated market because I don't think there's a clear person. Luka's so outstanding. Jokic does everything. I want Embiid to win one at some point, but I don't know if he deserves it with the time, with it just him not playing all the time. And then Tatum's been great. I think Tatum at twelve to one still a value play. But I have one of those crazy long shot parlays where you take like MLB futures winner, the Astros. Um, I took the I took NFL on Chiefs. I took Bam Adebayo defensive player of the year and John Moran at MVP. So that's what I need. I want John Moran to continue dunking on everybody, taking wow, the MVP by parlay. storm. Yeah. That's actually really great. What did that pay? Yeah. What did that pay, Vaughn? Oh my God! It's uh five bucks to win fifteen hundred. Oh, um, nice, so, beautiful. Yeah, so I'm just pulling for John Moran at this point. But at, at the same time, if you're looking for a value play, it's Tatum twelve to one. Yeah, Vaughn Dalzell, NBC Sports sports betting analyst. Thanks for the time, man. Hey guys, best of luck tonight.